Okay, I'm Jennifer Kohler. I'm here talking with Bob Oxley from the campus of DSU. In Hi, St. Jennifer. George. Hi, thanks for being my very first guest. Thank you for inviting me. So, Bob, the reason I wanted to do this show once a week is to get to know different people on campus better and share the people on campus with the community. I just, it occurs to me on a regular basis while I've been here that I keep meeting people that I wish I knew better and had known sooner and they just add a lot to my experience of being on campus. And so thank you for being my first oh, guest. My pleasure. My pleasure. So we met just briefly um, the other day in May, and then we, we got to go on a trip together with a group of people from the campus. And right. So tell me a little bit, Bob. I teach in the communication department, media studies. Okay. Where do you teach, and how long have you been here okay. at, at DSU? Uh, I came to uh, Dixie State uh, in 2012, um, and I uh, was given a position to teach in the sociology department at that time. And uh, uh, the reason I got here, I'm actually, I was a retiree. I actually taught for 20 years, 20 plus years uh, at uh, Oakland Community College and Schoolcraft College in Michigan and retired and moved to St. George, Utah. And so in 2011, I did everything that n normal new retirees do. I did the hiking, biking, swimming, golf, the whole bit, but something was missing. And I just couldn't figure it out. So one day I just got up, got a folding chair, threw it in the back of the Jeep and drove over to Snow Canyon and went on a hill all by myself before sunrise. And I was sitting up there and the sun came up and I'm thinking, what is missing? I mean, I've got all these wonderful activities and I have a lot of new friends and couldn't figure it out. And all of a sudden uh, I had an epiphany that I miss the college campus. I miss the students, the colleagues, uh, just the whole, whole environment. So I mentioned that to a friend of mine in Sun River, and he said, well, you know, there's this little college down the street called Dixie State. Uh, why don't you go on and take your portfolio with you and see what you can do? So that was in August of 2012. Right before school starts. Right. And so I walked in, and I met uh, with uh, the, uh, the uh, chairperson for the sociology and the uh, social and behavioral sciences department, and I gave her my portfolio and she took a quick look and she says, okay, uh, you start in two weeks, here's two classes, go. My goodness. And that was in 2012. And from that point on, it's evolved to uh, full-time here at Dixie State University. At the mm -hmm. time, it was Dixie State College. So for me, uh, this has been so satisfying because I, I saw a, little, a college with a real nice little uh, student population and faculty and administration all of a sudden explode and become a university and everything that goes along with that. It's just an amazing thing to be uh, a participant in that whole whole scenario since 2012. So, uh, yeah, that's that's why I got here. It was it was just uh, came. I really was looking. I just want to be a uh, an adjunct and let me have one class. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. that was that was eight My years goodness. ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so here I am. But uh, and the other thing that went along with that is the, the sociology department was a little sociology department and a few students took sociology and a lot of students here in Utah didn't even have sociology available to them in high school. And so we tried to get it to become a bachelor of art, bachelor of science. So we went through the whole scenario and then it was put on hold. It was kind of disappointing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we thought back and some of our students that had graduated from Dixie State were in the top two or three finalists to get the position they really wanted. And the question came up, how many, how much work experience do you have? And they were lacking. Mm -hmm. 
And as a result of that, we did some soul searching and we came up and we said, well, let's make sociology applied sociology. Let's add the word applied to it. And included into that is internships and capstones and actual work experience. And that's part of the whole program. And that's the way we redesigned it and went through the approval process and got it approved all the way to the Northwest. So we're all of two years old right now. That must be very satisfying. It it is. And Mm -hmm. and we're one of the fastest growing programs on the campus right now. We're a little over 30%. Mm-hmm. every year. So it's growing slowly, uh, but we're very that's nice and orderly. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of excited, we have wonderful students. So, yeah. Well, tell me, um, what's the size of your faculty now in sociology? We, we have three faculty members, three full-time mm-hmm. faculty members. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty good. We, mm-hmm. You know, you, you cost, do the cost analysis on it and the amount of students, but all of our, all of our classes are, especially the uh, survey classes, they're all 40, 45 students. Those are big. Every classes. one of those. Yeah. And then for this, this year already, this fall, is our upper levels uh, because you have now people in the, in the program itself. You have students in the program itself. Now they're filling up. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting. The upper levels are filling up also. That's so wonderful. It's, it's kind of an exciting time. Mm-hmm. And what are you teaching? Well, uh, this, this term I'm doing research methods, okay, which is one of our requirements. Um, and then I'm also teaching organization, okay, social organization. And then I also teach two of the 10 uh, 10 survey classes, mm-hmm. introduction to uh, sociology, and every one of the faculty members, we're all required to teach one, two, or maybe three of those 10-10 classes to keep our feet on the ground and introduce sociology. Our feeling is by introducing sociology for the first time to a lot of our students, uh, we're, that's where the, the idea is, hey, I understand you have a major. I'm really serious about becoming a major. Then the advisors take over and mm-hmm. And we start seeing the population growing. So it's, it, we're kind of really excited about oh, that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, um, it sounds like it's a, it's a well-integrated program and because you are teaching both upper and lower level classes. So there'd be a lot of continuity. Yes. All, the, all mm-hmm. the faculty members teach both upper and lower. And we have a social problems class, 1020, and then we have the 1010 class, the introduction class. That's the lower levels. But the upper levels, we have statistics and uh, theory, mm-hmm. uh, qualitative theory, quantitative theory, statistics, uh, a lot of research. And what we've evolved to is two more things. <laughs> I told you I talk a lot. Perfect. Two, two, more, <laughs> two more things going on in the program. Uh, very exciting. One, uh, we have a, a campus-wide uh, certificate in research. And four of our classes, if you take the four classes, it doesn't matter what your discipline is on this campus, you're eligible to get that research certificate if you take these four classes. And it's already been approved, and it's, now it's in the second year also. So that's part of, research is very, very big, and, and in today's business world, mm-hmm. uh, that's a specialization. Mm-hmm. In other words, that guarantees you that uh, the student has had experience and has the basic academics for quantitative thinking, for qualitative thinking, and for mixed. And so that whole, that whole scenario comes together. And so when you're, it's, it's also part of your portfolio at, from Dixie State. So when they look at your transcript, it, that certificate's in there. And in today's business world, they're looking for specialization and certificates. For, it's a big deal today. Mm-hmm. So, well, let me, so let me make sure I'm clear. So, for example, we have media studies and communication majors. So mm-hmm. you're saying that some of our majors Absolutely. in their elective courses, they could take those four Absolutely, courses. and they're eligible for that certificate, and that goes in their transcript to coincide with 
the their degree in communications and media. Yeah, absolutely. It's open to the entire campus. See, that, this, we did that on purpose. This this is the reason I wanted to do this show because I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know your department had that going on, and so now I can tell my students about it. Right. I mean, I feel like I could even invite you to come in my class. I absolutely. And, I'd be more than happy to. Yeah. Well, so are some of your um, students like they. Even as freshmen or sophomore, if they're doing electives, they can come in and start that. They that can start that. Course. They have to have a. Uh, they have to take our sociology 1010 class. That's the only prerequisite. Okay. Just to give them a foundation in sociology, and then they can start the process for, you know, so they can start the process to get this certificate, which is yeah. worth gold out there. Well, I, I love that, and I do love that our university is focusing on these certificates because we, in the communication and media studies, we spend some time on that as well and we are designing and refining programs for that very reason yeah we're seeing a lot of a big emphasis in today's world is research mm-hmm. um it's it's the big data versus the small data mm-hmm. and we're moving forward in the big data and isn't it wonderful to have students that have the expertise and have actually experienced that because mm-hmm. that's all part of the program mm-hmm. so uh that certificate's available to anybody uh, and it's just housed under applied sociology but it's open to anybody any student on the campus that wants to add that credential to their discipline well now i'm thinking of people that are not full-time students that are out in the professional world but would like to enhance their skill set so how I th- does that I work? Think, I, I, I think that they, uh, there is continuing education, which is a separate entity, and there is some openings for certificates there now mm-hmm. uh, that they may want to take a look at. In fact, our catalog just came out a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. So for the, it's, it's, that's an exciting thing, that continuing education. I would check that out. There's a lot of certificates. You can come in and take one or two classes and get the certificate, and you'll be all set there. That just adds, again, certificates in today's world is a big credential mm-hmm. to have. It's a specialization that shows that you're ongoing, you're not complacent, and you're constantly keeping up to date. So. Well, I, I'm a big believer in this, especially like you said, in this world, if a person is not constantly enhancing their skill set and developing new skills, you become obsolete right. really quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, one other thing that we have uh, in the program, we also we have put together the Institute for Social Research. Again, it's a campus-wide research group. And uh, we just published our first volume on July the 1st. And uh, it's published. And so all of the students that were involved in both the fall, last fall's, research as well as this last spring's research that's volume number one just came out and it's through dixie state university uh, we're really proud of it and now you can pull it up uh, that uh, publish that publication on and their their names i made sure they were the authors so all the students now are published so just think about this yeah. you're taking a hard copy to your interview and saying have you written anything i certainly have here's some here's some research and a lot of them carried on from the fall and continued on to the spring. So uh, both sets of research. So we, we did two uh, wonderful. One was a research of a 25-year-old last fall, 25-year-old single mother, a three- and four-year-old who's a full-time student at Dixie State University. What's it really cost? What is really truly? It it's all falls under the quality of life initiative. That's what they were doing. Okay. And how much does it really cost? So you look at three buckets. You're looking at... Uh, revenue that you generate yourself by working. Uh, you look at uh, pr- federal state programs that are available to help you out. Mm-hmm. And you look at contributions. 
And so all three of those buckets have to help out to maintain. So we, what we did was we did a full analysis on that, and we found out how much does it really cost a single mother with a three- and four-year-old, and the uh, child care costs are just outrageous. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that came mm-hmm. out loud and clear. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to last spring, uh, we took a new freshman coming in in January, a freshman, a male and a female, uh, 18 years of age, um, the female was from Albuquerque, New Mexico. These are all fictitious. Mm-hmm. And the male is from St. George. Okay, and we did a comparison of what's it cost to go to Dixie State and what are some of the hidden costs in, as far as tuition, lab fees, books, uh, living, food, transportation, all of that. And we identified a lot of things. And it was an interesting conclusion that we drew that uh, the students, because of all the programs that Dixie State offers and the guidance that they give them as far as availability of funds, um, it's there for them to make it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it, it, but they still have to have, they still have to take the proactive approach to apply for these scholarships that are available mm-hmm. out there and things of that sort. But the bottom line was the conclusion that, we, that the team drew, the research team drew, was that uh, that students that come to Dixie State because of the cost and the, they're so sens- the, the administration is so sensitized uh, to cost uh, for the student that it, it, it's, a, it's a going university. It's a, it's a place to go to get a quality education that's cost effective. So is that, that particular study, was that part of your volume one? That's part of the volume. Volume mm-hmm. one comes out, it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll reflect the research that was done in fall of 2018 mm-hmm. and then the the spring of 2019. And is that by the students that were in the four-year research no, cohort? No, it, it, it's open. It's it's open. So uh, I have a cr- criminal justice major this fall. I, it's open. So it's com- kind of competition uh, in there. So we take the we take six students, and then we have one veteran that comes back in that kind of like oversees the project. But you are actually participating. We actually developed our own um, instrument, a survey in the spring, mm-hmm. and they put it out, and they went to freshman students to, and all across ca- our campus. And so all the, all the data, all the costs, the uh, data collection, the data analysis, all, that's the whole process, the research process those students experienced. And uh, so when they get asked, uh, do, have you ever been, been involved with research, they can actually, it'll come right off mm-hmm. the top of their head because all they do is relate to the book that just came out with their name in it, so, mm-hmm. and they can relate to that experience. So is volume one focused on that, the, that one single research project? That- it, well, it's the Quality of Life Initiative, and there's mm-hmm. two projects. One was in the fall, which was the 25-year-old, three- and four-year-old, and then it's also in the same volume is the spring, which is the two 18-year-olds. Okay. So, so is it a, a particular course that is then focused on producing this, this research? Right. And, what, mm-hmm. what we, we actually are pretty flexible. We have uh, sociology practicums mm-hmm. that are available mm-hmm. and sociology independent studies. So mm-hmm. this fall, we have a mix. We have a couple of students that are in our independent study mm-hmm. course, and we have uh, four students that are in the practicum the social practicum. So those are, those are regular courses. Mm-hmm. Um, with a practicum, it's a pass-fail situation. With an independent study, it's a grade. Okay, so there's, there's a journal that comes in every week, but plus on top of that, uh, you're, you're, we're, you're in charge of this research team. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, you're part of this team. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll give you a sneak preview. Okay. That after two weeks, we just started. Guess what we're going to be studying this fall? What? Burnout. Okay, burnout. It's a disease. 
as per the World Health Organization. And so we're just starting the literary review right now. In fact, we're having our third meeting tomorrow, and they've done some research already, and they're gonna, we're going to categorize it in areas that they're interested in, in as far as burnout's concerned, and then we're going to put that all up there and make a determination who's going to be in charge of what category per student, and they're going to do that research, and then we're going to put it all together. So you're, right now you're deciding which forms or locations of burnout you're going to focus well, we're, on? Well, we're probably going to look at, we, we already uh, discussed that, we, they want to stick with Dixie State University, but what's interesting, they're going to look at administration, faculty, staff, and students. So I don't know if it's too too large of a population, right. but but you know what? That's the discussion we left sure. with last week. Sure. So, but anyway, that's going to be it's all part of the quality of life initiative. This is volume two. This is the fall <laughs> research effort. So it's kind of exciting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll be yeah really curious to see. You're going to describe burnout and maybe even it's amazing mm -hmm. and and the symptoms and we were going to go uh, either mental or physical. Mm -hmm. And because they're they're so close, the symptoms mm -hmm. that we're going to do cover both. Okay. So we have some students that really want to go into more psychological, sociological, mm -hmm. um, mental side of it. Others want to go into the physical. Well, now you're fatigue make, and you're making me think of um, media burnout. Yeah. News burnout because I suffered from a little bit of that last spring where I just didn't want to hear the news. I, a lot of people did. And, and it's kind of an yeah, interesting scenario, isn't it? It is. And I think, um, you know, to take a, a um, more cynical viewpoint of it, I think it can be orchestrated to actually drive populations as a, as a strategy. By well, I'm thinking of Russia when I say this right now. But they orchestrated a misinformation campaign and disinformation in their, on their own people. And they got people so discouraged about finding out the truth that people just tune out. They burn out on, on the media in that particular way. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. the, the biggest problem that we're, we're encountering uh, mm -hmm. as far as the U.S. population is concerned is um, we get the media, but can we trust the media? Mm -hmm. Is it exactly. factual or not? So that now there's yeah. that mistrust. Mm -hmm. And I just saw something about facial recognition. You won't believe this. The deep, you mean the deep fake thing? Yeah. Are you ready for this? This was, this was an app that was developed in China. It was very interesting that you can take your face and put it in any movie character or anything like that. That sounds so exciting, and it was so easy to do. And everybody thought, this is so great. The problem is, and it was brought up uh, at a discussion earlier today, uh, think about this. What about in the 2020 election in the United States that we take the face of one of the candidates and we put that in, put them in a situation that is a negative, and that gets broadcast. In well, other words, people, yeah. so what's on top of the, the stress of just listening in the news itself, now we're actually seeing the face on a body that may be doing something that's um, not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And now we have to challenge what we, what we were visually seeing. Is that right. real or it, not? Seeing is not believing anymore. I. And that's just going. And that's just going to add to the stress, isn't it? Not? It really will. And um, this technology, I've heard it called deep fake. Yes. And I've seen, you know, it came out of the movie industry, and to a certain degree, you know, because that's very technologically and visually driven. And I've seen some examples where, on the double screen, you could be talking with your face, and then we could see a, a famous person, and they're saying what you're saying. So you're getting mapped right onto them. 
Exactly. And and so, really, we rely for we rely heavily on the media to give us information. So how are we going to now start vetting the? I mean, already we should have been suspicious or skeptical all these years, right? Because things we know you can edit and Photoshop and and edit. So we we know that it can be uh, abused and manipulated. But this is a whole new level. Well, yeah, you're describing. What they said is the people that developed this app in China. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. They've done it such a great job. Don't get me wrong. This is this is unique. Mm But they did it for fun, so you could put your face on a famous actor in a movie or whatever, and that'd be your face. I mean, it's 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 so you can't believe, you can't see any, any differences. I've actually seen some of these. Well, now when you say no, when you're looking at the image, are you seeing your face or are you seeing the celebrity? You're seeing your face. Now you can do your face and, and replace the celebrity's face in a, in a movie. So okay, so the thing I'm talking about is the opposite. When I'm looking at the product, I see. Maybe I see the president of China talking, and I'm the one who's doing the talking, but it comes oh, out to be his face right. okay. and yeah, his voice. That's right. That's, I've seen that also. That's, You're that's right. That's the scary thing to me is, well, how do I know that's really the president saying that? I'm looking at him on video. It's his voice, and it looks like it's him, but it's actually somebody else. That's yeah, the scary I've, thing. Yeah, I've that, seen that also. You're right. Yeah. So it's both what... So visual, yeah. So audio, visual. So so on top of the, on top of the news being manipulated, mm-hmm. the media being manipulated. Mm-hmm. This is even now. It's visual. It's not just mm-hmm. audio anymore. Right. It's visual. Right. So, going into the 2020 election, it's going to be very scary. It is to me. You know, we were talking about that in my critical thinking class this morning. We were talking about. Um, I don't think there's a lot of serious disagreement that the Russians were effective in the 2016 elections to a certain degree. We don't know, nobody can quantify no, exactly right. how effective they were, but they had an effect. And they were, I say they scored with Brexit, and I say they scored with the results of our I think so. two wins for them. And then you had Cambridge Analytica. Right. Was absolutely crucial. Right. Yeah, right. they're the ones that started. That was Brexit, and then yes. that, that evolved into our election. Yeah. And then on top of that, then the other layer was we did have Russian intervention mm-hmm. manipulating, mm-hmm. and they were playing both against the middle. They mm-hmm. were putting stuff in on both sides. Well, I think at the beginning they were ju- they were just sowing d- discord, and amplifying disagreements, etc. Right, and polarizing. Exactly. But I do think they from the very beginning. I think there's a personal thing against Hillary coming from I, I don't, President Putin. I, I haven't seen all but I'm just yeah. yep. but then it kind of morphed. Oh like, oh here here's here's a candidate that likes us. Yeah. So I do think that it it evolved. It was over, amazing yeah. when Cambridge Analytica first was recognized for Brexit. Mm-hmm. I they had their website and they were op- wide open. They told you how they did it and how they manipulated and everything else. I never even put two and two together like can this be used mm-hmm. to manipulate elections. Mm-hmm. This was a referendum to pull out of the European Union, and it worked because it, the algorithms actually identified those individuals that would be more likely to vote in favor of whatever you're trying to get passed. And they were targeted ads, so only those people Absolutely. saw them. That's right. Yeah. And so it worked. Mm-hmm. It did. It worked. Wow. It did. So I think that, uh, oh, we're getting close to a 
one minute left. I can't oh believe my it gosh. went that I, fast. I told you time would fly. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, but I really appreciated you having me on your show. This has been wonderful. Thank you. And I really, I'm interested in, in hearing from some of other my other colleagues mm -hmm. and staff and administration. Yeah. and It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. It, this is a great idea. Oh, no, thank you. Okay, good luck. Okay, thank you. Is there anything you want to say um, that you didn't get a chance to mention? I just want to say that I, I'm really uh, uh, excited for Dixie State University and, and the direction it's going and uh, and the student populations exploding. Uh, this is the largest freshman class that we've ever had at Dixie State and uh, we're doing everything we possibly can for the good of the students and for the community. Oh, okay. well, good. Well, I, I think it's showing up in a big in a big way. I think so too. Yeah, and let's put in a plug for, well, let's see what else. I was going to say DocuTaw, but that's going to be over pretty quickly. Right, but. right. Pretty yeah. soon, but there's a yeah. lot of things going on yeah. in this campus yeah. over the next year and a half. Yeah. You know, so. All right. Well, All thanks right. very much, Bob. Thank you very much okay. for having me. You're welcome. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. -bye.